0: Welcome everyone to the Directed IRA podcast, excited to be with you today talking about my favorite topic, self-directed IRAs. And I am here with Mark Kohler, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who taught me about self-directed IRAs. And Um, I created
1: a monster. I just, I turned him loose and, you know, it's, he's a prodigy and then he just passed me up. It's just (laughs) the way it goes. So. No, we're we're glad many of you are finding this. Uh, it's a relatively new podcast, and we have our Main Street Business podcast on entrepreneurship and asset protection and taxes and all those goodies. Been doing it over ten years, and we just yeah. get more and more self-directed uh, followers and questions that we're like, we got to dedicate a show to this. So we're here for you, attorneys and CPAs, yeah. real legit law firm accounting firm. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: We self-direct ourselves, and got our company directed IRA, of course. Anybody that needs accounts, and already done almost a billion dollars in transactions. Isn't that crazy? We're almost to that already, yeah. uh, which is pretty cool. So, um, and I like your, uh, I like you know, it's, it's like sixty-five in Arizona right now. This is kind of chilly for us, so <laughs> I've got my sweater on today.
1: I oh wow! My sweater
0: on that you, Mark <laughs> is in flannel. He's got a uh flannel shirt it looks very fashionable. Flannel, flannel. Well, yeah. I just came here uh,
1: from home at lunch. I pulled out the four wheeler with the blade on front and uh, pushed some snow around. Is there's a blizzard outside? For those that would like to see it. Really? Camera. Yeah. Is it snowing? Like, yeah. There's like four yeah. inches on that car right there. I can see mine. Wow. Just pull up. It, yeah, it's, it's sweet. It's it's wintertime, dude. It's November. Yeah, there, it, I don't know how you celebrate Christmas in Phoenix.
0: It's, it's yeah. not real, but yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. It's a sure.
1: tough. It's tough time of year though because I have to go to more meetings. My ENA meetings, uh, eggnog anonymous. Uh, oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's my can't. kryptonite. <laughs> Some people go to AA. Yeah, I I have a sponsor on. I can only have so much eggnog a week, and it's. Yeah, not going well. I, I I'm bet. off the wagon. You're on the wagon or off? I'm whatever I am, I'm not doing well. So, whatever. Yeah yeah. A good a good one. One.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, so, I believe it's off the wagon, but what do I know? um yeah. I always miss those up. Like the uh yeah. bowl in the China shop. I don't even, I never, that took me years to understand that one. Yeah. I thought I was it was saying. a bowl like that you eat cereal out of. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> the, like fine China, they don't have bowls. <laughs> this is the animal. <laughs> So um, (laughs) anyway, all right, well, we're talking about something, guys, not just going to shoot the crap all day. Um, We're going to talk about self-directed IRAs in real estate, Okay, we're talking about owning real estate, the most common asset Mm -hmm. to own with your self-directed IRA. Um, Not the only, of course, we got lots of other things clients are doing, but this is very common. We're going to go from how to buy it. Can I get a mortgage or loan? Uh, What if I want to partner with other people or other accounts on it? how can I manage the property? What if I'm going to do a real estate development? What do I need to know there? Um, So we're just going to go over those commonly asked questions, things we should, uh, we want you to know as you go out and self-direct your IRA into real estate.
1: And there are so many questions. I am, we started to prepare prepare a list for today's show and we're like, this is why we have a day and a half summit (laughs) every year that's recorded because it just, it evolves. But if you're new to this, this is a great um, kind of uh 30,000 foot overview, but there's always a golden nugget and a lot of little things we say, people that have been self-directing for years going, oh my gosh, I never knew that about you, but, or you could do that with your, the, your Coverdell or you could twist and turn yeah. in a certain way. So we hope to wow many of you that are longtime self-directed investors and uh, Matt, can I give one disclaimer on the real estate topic, if I may? Yeah we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast was don't, when you start talking about real estate and a retirement account, there's a sliver, a segment, a cross section, whatever you want to call it of promoters out there that just encourage people not to put real estate in retirement accounts. And it continues to baffle me on why when you really just look at the rate of return that's that's why we invest in our retirement account is to get the best rate of return don't worry about who gets depreciation yeah their IRA doesn't get depreciation it also doesn't pay tax and and so there's uh, a yin and yang to the strategy but just be careful if someone's told you not to buy real estate or not to buy real estate in a retirement account the most wealthy clients in America own real estate and those that self-direct that are most successful in self-directing have part of the retirement account in real estate. Very, very common. It's not crazy. It's Not crazy talk. This isn't high yeah. risk.
0: So be careful. So there's my little disclaimer for those that might be skeptical. Yeah, I mean, this. the goal, I think for everyone with their retirement account is to have the largest account possible when they hit retirement um, so they can live the lifestyle they want to live and take care of the people they want to take care of, donate it to whatever charity they want to donate it to when they pass on, you know, whatever. We just want the biggest account possible. And so, but we also think clients are most successful and they invest in what they know also. So if you know real estate, why are you buying a mutual fund? If you don't know mutual funds. You know, if you go a good real estate deal, why aren't you buying real estate with your retirement account? Buy it for the returns, the appreciation, the cash flow, all that stuff. So, um, but we don't care what you buy. I mean, between us, it doesn't matter to us. We're just saying just invest in what you're good at and what you know and what you like. That's real right. estate. This is for you then. So yeah. we're going to break and it please. down because there's some things yeah. you want to know. Yeah, and please, if you go back to our other
1: podcast recently on all the different things that you can buy with a retirement account, um, we, we that's a rabbit hole. We don't want to go down. I just want to disclaim for those... We're going later. Crap,
0: uh, yeah. those, those other assets we're talking about later, but for today... Yeah,
1: it's how to do real estate today. Not why you should, not the naysayer, yeah. you know, conversation. So um, I guess, Matt, I think if I were... Uh, sitting in a classroom, listening to the amazing Matt Sorensen, I'd ask you, just in big picture view, um, what are the different ways I can own real estate with a retirement account? And then we could maybe go down each one of those of how you would go through functionally to do it. Is that okay to ask you? Like, what are the ways? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, let me say the first thing is, remember, we're talking about investment real estate, okay? We're not talking about buying your home you're going to live in, all right? That's all privity transaction stuff we talked about in prior podcasts. So we're talking about maybe a rental. It could be an Airbnb, a property you're going to flip. It could be raw land. It could be investing in an LLC with other people. That's a bigger property or deal. Okay. There's lots of different ways we're talking of real estate.
1: And it could be foreign real estate held by an LLC here in the U S. So if you, uh, you yeah. may not hear yeah, a lot of people think, well, my IRA can't buy something in another country. It can be difficult unless you self-direct and just create an LLC and get on it. So we, we can help with yeah. that too. So Um, but this is not a property either that you're going to have your kids rent from your mom or dad rent from. So again, we've got other podcasts on prohibited transactions. So those, those disclaimers, but I think Matt, if I had to throw it out there, I'd say you can buy it directly in the name of your retirement account. You can buy it with an LLC and that's it. I mean, they're just going to go from there. It's like, that's kind of the first fork in the road. Do I want an LLC? Or am I just going to do it in my name? I guess there's this California subculture black market idea of I can use a statutory trust or some sort of Delaware trust so I can get around an yeah. LLC, which I think we've talked about is chasing your tail.
0: Not a good strategy, yeah. but don't do that. We don't yeah. allow it. And I don't know if there's very few custodians who allow that. Um, so don't use the trust structure. So yes, yeah, so you're gonna have two options. You're gonna have my IRA is gonna own it directly. And if that's Mark Kohler's IRA, it's gonna be directed trust company, FBO, Mark Kohler IRA. Like that's the party on the contrast bu- contract buying it. So Mark's not gonna be on the purchase contract saying, Mark Kohler buyer, you know, I just had a client the other day, real estate investor, but owns a lot of properties, buying his personal with his IRA. What's the contract I see come across my desk? You know, John Smith personally. I'm mm. like, ah, oh. okay. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta start over starting over yep. it's got to be in the name of your ira okay so that's the, that's option one is just do it in the name of the ira you don't sign for it you're going to prove it but then we're going to sign for it as your custodian we're going to process the earnest money title is going to be vested in your ira's name rental income is going to come to your ira we're going to pay expenses all that
1: yep. and again i <laughs> i want another little you know uh Guidance here for some of you that might have just in an isolated manner found this podcast. We have other podcasts podcasts on how you open the account. How do you get the money there? And then, see, what we're talking about today, and I'm going to say it for the last time, no more disclaimers. We're talking about day three or four. You've got your IRA, your self directed IRA moved, you've got the account set up, done a little personal education, you've watched our summit or read some good books, you've got an advisor that knows what they're doing. Now you're saying, okay, I'm not going to buy facebook stock anymore i'm not going to buy an etf from i'm not going to buy um bitcoin i'm going to buy real estate how do i do it and that option one that and just to stay with that for a minute there's pros and cons with one or two is yeah option yeah. one you call your custodian whoever it is your trust company and say i want to buy that property now they might want to yell at you through the phone because they're going to say We've explained all this on our website, go do it. And when you try to start doing this through your IRA by yourself with the custodian, it can seem a little overwhelming because the LLC provides a a really nice platform for this, where if you're just going to do it in the name of the IRA, I think it's more cumbersome. Matt,
0: is that fair to say? Yeah. I think the most common self-directed real estate investor is going to use the LLC but not always. And we have plenty of clients who just buy real estate in their IRA directly. There are, there are pros and cons. So, um, but yeah, you can go, this is, you know, this is episode five in the, in the director Direct Direct podcast, go back to one. We're doing this in sequence. If you're brand new, you know, and some of these things, Mark's hitting the caveats on, you're like, ah, go back to one. Okay. And if you watched one through four and all these caveats Mark's talking about aren't hitting, keep, keep listening, uh, read the self-directed IRA handbook, You know. <laughs> or call and get a consultation. Okay. All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about the pros of just buying it in your IRA or your account directly. This could be your HSA, right. your covered out, whatever. We're going to just say IRA generically. Okay. The pro is um, it's cheaper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just am going to have my annual account fee for my IRA. Maybe some processing and wire fees when I buy it. You know, when I buy the property. Um. But if Ooh. I'm going to go that route. Oh, let me say a little I, more, I, would, okay.
1: I say cheaper at the front. It could actually be more mm. expensive down the road because whatever you need, right? Whatever you need to do something, yeah. you can't do it, maybe
0: where an LLC gives you that yeah. ability. Okay. So, but it's cheaper up front. Is that okay to distinct yeah. distinguish? Very true. Now let me say, let me give a few examples of clients who buy it this way. Um, we have a lot of clients who buy just single family rentals, which right out of their IRA, they've got a property manager. That's a that helps them buy the property and then manages it for them. It's streamlined. They know the process. They got it down. They help them buy it. They lease it. They manage the cash flow and pay the expenses. And they just send, you know, the accumulating cash flow back to the IRA. And so that's pretty streamlined. And the LLC could help for asset protection, other reasons we talk about when we talk about the LLC. But um, and that was last week's podcast too. So you should know the LLC. if you're, again, you can go back to last week's to get more detail on it. But, um, that's one example. Another one, clients just buying raw land. I love it's it. It's like, I'm going to buy so. raw land and I'm going to sit on it. Right. And there's going to be a property tax bill once, once a year. It's not a lot of money coming in and out. That, that's one. I, I don't know the LLC helps that much.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm going to just cut right to the chase. I'm going to just say it bluntly. This is my opinion. If a client calls me up, I always want to do them right and give them what I think is the the best ethical, honest, saving, efficient answer. And if I do that, they're going to come back time and time again because they trust that I'm not going to take advantage. Yeah. Of it. If they call up and say, Mark, I'm going to buy A or B property. Should I use an LLC or put it in my name? I would say very clearly, if it's raw land, or a property that's not going to generate cash flow or have a lot of transactions like calling pest control or a property manager, decisions that have to be made. If it's a very generally one or two transactions a year, paying like property tax, like Matt said, I would would probably say, just do it in the name of your IRA. There's no need for an LLC. You're going to be able to call the custodian or trust company once or twice a year. Yeah, there might be a transaction fee here and there, but it's going to be simpler, easy, upfront, done. The minute you say, "Well, there's going to be cash flow, or there's going to be a tenant, or there's going to be a development, or there's going to be a partner." Game over. Just, yeah. just do it with an LLC. That it's just you're going to actually be grateful you chose the LLC. If it's not that simple,
0: don't do it. That's my take, Matt. Do you think that's outrageous yeah. to say? Yeah, I mean, I use an LLC for my rental property that my retirement account owns. Like, I'm sti- I sit here in the office where I can like you know push the buttons and send stuff around right (laughs) for for my own IRA here. But I use an LLC. It's just easier. Everybody understands it. The title company knows what the heck it is. I like just having a regular bank account with the LLC checking account. Uh, I even have a property manager. So the LLC is pretty cool. It just, a lot of clients are so familiar with it. Um, I love using the IRS. I think that's the best advice for the typical run of the move client.
1: Yep. I love it.
0: Okay. okay. Now, and I, I don't
1: think, now I will say practicalities. I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to dumb this down. Matt, I know you might want to add a couple other steps, but let's say you're going to go that route. You're going to buy it in the name of your IRA. I would mm-hmm. ask the custodian, what form do you want me to use? And, and it's usually going to okay. be some sort of just a transfer form or and he says the
0: custodian, he means directed IRA because. Yes, yes. <laughs> IRA. Okay. Right. Like you're not going somewhere else.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's a, yeah. And, you know, I always feel like, should I really, you know, self, you know, edify here, but directed IRA, the team <laughs> to have a directed IRA is so amazing. So the people, the, the men and women that are helping run that operation are so good. But anyway, so you, you call directed IRA, find out what form on the website they prefer you to use. You know there's a lot of self-education on the directed IRA website,
0: direction After of investment, the, the, real estate form. Yep. The direction of investment, real estate form. Boom. Yep. <laughs> And you're going to basically make, and here's the crux of the whole
1: situation. You're going to make the offer to buy the property in the name of your IRA or 401k or HSA or Coverdell. And you're going to make sure that the direction letter is going to help you use the right terminology to make sure that the offer is made in the name of the retirement account. Now, this is where you have to sometimes really whip your realtor around and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't write up the Repsy or the offer in my name. My retirement account's going to buy it. Now, if their brain explodes and they've never heard about that before, you might need to change realtors. But if you're okay with that realtor, you better say, I'm going to take over on this point. Leave me alone. My retirement account's buying it. Here's the name of the buyer or the offeror to buy this property. And and then it's going to go from there. And so when it goes to closing, the money will come from the directed IRA to the escrow company for closing. And then, uh, title, Matt title, remind me where that, are we going to, where
0: does title go and all that? I know that you've, you've really dealt with this a lot. Yeah. I mean, title is just going to go in the name of the IRA, directed trust company, FBO, Mark Kohler IRA, you know, for example. And so, um, and the person hold the title or do I send the title to directed IRA? Well, the closing is going to go through us. Like, you know, right. we're doing the closing with your IRA. I mean, your IRA is buying it. You're not buying it. You're going to prove us to buy it for your IRA. Yes. So everything, we're going to wire the money. We're going to be involved with title and escrow every Love day. It. We're doing one, you know what I mean? So, and the um, deep, I guess what I'm saying is the we know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just trying letting people know that direct
1: IRA is going to hold your hand through it. And I'm asking these questions and just because Matt, again, um, I don't want to go too deep. So I'm kind of just going broadly. Then you dive deeper. You want, but the deed
0: when it's all done and that deed is sitting there who holds the deed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's technicality, but our custard custodial account agreement, say we hold an electronic copy of your record. No one fricking title transfers property by an actual physical deed anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with any even notes and things like that. Um, so you're authorized to hold an electronic copy of that. Um, for your account, which is what we're Perfect. holding, we're not holding yeah. physical deeds. Yeah.
1: See, and I love saying that because we've got a podcast just on precious metals and things like that, and and you know uh, all sorts of other assets. We're going to have podcasts on to explain. And some people go, well, "If my IRA buys it, who's got the deed? Who's got the title? Where where's this all sit?" Yeah, it's electronically, yeah. it's digital. We're in this yeah. beautiful age where you're not going to be the owner. Your retirement account is going to own it, and the directed IRA as the trust company is going to facilitate that and hold it on your behalf. So is that a fair way of saying it? That's, yep. I'll shut no. up now, but that, I just wanted to kind of go through that. If you don't use an LLC, you're really going back and forth to the, the custodian
0: or yeah. directed yeah. IRA to do And of course, if you use the LLC, what we, what we hold is the IRA is we own the LLC hundred percent. Let's say there's other ways you could partner in the LLC too. That's last week's podcast. But um, with the LLC, now the LLC is going to be on title, right? And you're the manager of the LLC. So now you're signing the contract, you're running the deal. We're not involved with you purchasing anymore. Your IRA with us just bought the LLC and we're just holding the LLC interest. And you can't take money from the LLC because your IRA owns it, right? You got to run it back through us. But now the LLC is off buying, owning the real estate, receiving the income, paying the bills. You're keeping that all separate from your personal stuff. You got your own LLC bank account for it. So... Yeah, little, little different ways to do it. Now, if you're like buying fix and flip property, the Airbnb, even with just the single family rentals we've talked about, um, the LLC is so much better. You have so much access to the money. You have a debit card to buy stuff and all that um, gives you much easier access to to pull off some of those deals. All right, let's talk about getting a loan though, a mortgage. And we Matt, before you topic? open loan,
1: I want to say one thing. At that big fork in the road where you say, I'm going to buy real estate. I've done my research. I know what I'm going to do. I'm ready to go. I've picked this little property or big property ready to go. And you say, I'm not going to have the trust company directed IRA do it for a whole title. I'm going to set up an LLC. That next step is to set up that LLC. And that's where that podcast where we just talked about the function of how that process works, getting with the law firm, because trust companies or custodians should not be doing an LLC for you that's legal services, let the legal community do that, let your lawyer that knows what they're doing do that, set up the LLC, and then the LLC makes the offer on the property. Now, you may say, well, how does the money get to the LLC and all that? That's the that's the podcast on LLC strategies. But that's really the big first fork in the road. Am I going to go yeah. with the custodian holding title or am I going to have the LLC hold title? And so, you've got that little pit stop of setting up the LLC, making get, get, make sure it's funded, then you're going to make the offer in the name of the LLC. And then, how am I going to pay for it? Do I have enough money? Am I going to partner with others? Back to the LLC podcast. Oh, I'm going to get a loan. Matt, can I get a loan?
0: Yes, you can. But Woo! you have to get a I special type of loan. All right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's called a non-recourse loan. All right? So, what there's a rule on this that's called the extension of credit-private transaction rule that says the IRA owner cannot guarantee the debt for the IRA when the IRA makes investments, nor can your spouse your kids or parents or anyone that's called disqualified under the rules. So when my IRA goes to buy real estate, my IRAs can buy it and get a loan, but I can't guarantee and sign for it. They can't use my credit or my assets, you know? So the IRS gets its own loan. Now if you go to your regular bank or your typical mortgage lender that you may even use for your real estate investments, they're going to be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about a non-recourse <laughs> loan for your ira buying real estate where do you come from all right now there are some banks that have specialized in this okay there's there's really three banks out there that, and there's actually probably five or six but there's three we've seen most common um, that do these and we've got a referral list you can you know hit us up for the referral list they're on the directed ira website too under resource directory but um but those banks will do a non-recourse on what that means is If the IRA doesn't pay the loan, the bank can foreclose and basically take the property back. They can't go after the IRA for any deficiency. They can't go after the IRA owner personally. Their sole recourse is to foreclose and take the property back that they loaned money on to pay themselves back. All right. That's called a non-recourse loan.
1: Now what I love about this loan conversation for briefly is two things. One A lot of people that have bad credit or challenged credit from doing just, maybe you've got a business with a lot of lines of credit and it's just hard to throw more credit on your FICO score. And so the beauty of the non-recourse loan is your IRA doesn't need credit. We're not going to look at your credit. In fact, it's prohibited to look at your credit. So the beauty of these banks and this referral list that we give you is that these non-recourse lenders, they're just looking at the property. And it's almost a nice check and balance too, because they're going to look at it and go, hell no, we're not going to loan on this. And if you can't get a non-recourse lender to loan on this, it may not be a good deal anyway, because they just want to make sure it's going to cash flow. They want to see you succeed. Um, The second thing I like, yeah. And the second thing I like about these loans is that this is the door that opens for you to buy real estate if you don't have enough money in your retirement account. So many people go. Well, I'm not even going to listen to the podcast on how to buy real estate because I only have 50 grand in my IRA or 50 grand in my 401k. What? Oh, you can do some. You can do some good things with that. Most non-recourse lenders are going to be probably a 50 to 60 percent loan to value. Meaning, if you buy a hundred thousand dollar property, if you've got 40 or 50 grand, they'll loan the other 50 or 60. Is that fair to say, Matt? Yeah. Uh,
0: Yep. Yep. You got 30 to 40 percent down. Yeah. They'll find the balance after that. And one last example
1: is I actually bought a rental property and still own it. And I bought it for $4,000 down and got a seller carry back for 36,000. It was a $40,000 non-recourse. Yeah. Non-recourse. They can just take the property back. And many of you heard me joke about it. It's true. It's my little meth lab property owned by my HSA. It's adorable. And so that property was bought with a non-recourse loan with an HSA, with an LLC, with $4,000 down. And then my LLC collects rent or anything working with the property manager, and I'm off to the races. So that allows you to use leverage. So when Matt brings up this non-recourse loan, think about, I don't need to worry about my credit, and I can leverage my money. I think those are two major benefits. Now,
0: keep in mind, we made a couple of points in in that explanation there. Remember, you're you're not putting 10% down, okay, 20% down you generally got to have 30 to 40% down to get right. the non-recourse loan because the bank can't come after you for the balance if you default. Yeah. They can just take the property. They're, they yeah. can't garnish your paycheck or come after your other assets. So they want to make sure there's enough equity in the property.
1: Yeah. I, um, I got lucky with that 10% down. And sometimes sellers will carry back a majority of the note. But if you go with yeah. the bank, that's the 30 or 40 I was just giving an
0: extreme right. example. Yeah, and you can do the creative financing deals all day long. Just get them non-recourse. Um and you're totally fine. And if it's just an LLC, even you and your IRA LLC, let your LLC, of course, be the borrower, and uh, and that's how it would look on the docs, anyways, in a regular seller finance deal. Just don't personally guarantee it. So, um, so yeah. So the um, the non recourse loans popular. Think of it. I'll have clients that hit me up and say, Well, Matt, I can buy, you know, I can buy one property outright with cash, or I can buy three with a non recourse loan. What should I do? Well, I want to say buy three every time. If you're going to, these are good properties, increase the amount of assets you can do, you're going to pay those loans down over time. And you're going to, at the end of the day, again, we want the biggest retirement account possible. You're going to do better off by using the debt and leveraging it, particularly at today's incredibly low rates. Yeah. And I will say this, rates are going to be a one or two points higher than a regular mortgage. You're not getting a three and a half percent rate on a non-recourse loan, but you might get five and a half or five, maybe six. Okay. Still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it's so funny. We're in this day and age where a five or 6% rate, we're like, yeah, it's okay. We're like, what?
0: Yeah, I'm um, still get. I, yeah. I remember my first mortgage was like 8%. <laughs>
1: now this eight. podcast too, putting this in perspective of the big picture, if you're driving down the road, take a breath, real estate, in my retirement account. I just want to bring us back full circle. Why are we doing this? It's because you know what? I might be able to get a cash on cash return, or a return on investment that's 10, 15, or 20% or more. For example, most real estate investors are looking at a cash-on-cash or a cap rate of 8 to 10%, and then they're still going to get cream on the top or gravy on the top or a cherry on the top or whatever with appreciation and mortgage reduction. So the rate of return can be significant. And so that's why we're even talking about this. Now, we're going to have shows on probably options, you know, I don't even really take title to the property. I'm just going to option to buy the property and then assign that contractor option or sell that option off. And that's another ver- variation of this real estate acquisition where you, you kind of get up to the finish line and go, eh, someone else, you give me money. You can, you can f- go across the finish line for me. And that profit goes into your retirement account. Some of the biggest wins we've seen in retirement accounts with clients over the years have been through that option real estate strategy. But but this concept is you're actually going to hold it. You're going to hold the property, whether it's a long-term hold with raw land, you think they're going to put in an overpass or they're going to want to put a cell tower there or a freeway sign. And so you're going to sit on it and hope it's going to go up in value or it's going to be income producing. And so um, that's where you might use debt. You might use partners and that way you can get into real estate and get a bigger ROI. Um, very, very doable. Very doable. Mark, Matt, I'll ask
0: you, can I partner in, in the deal too? Can I put my own money in the deal? Yeah, let me, let me, on that last comment on the different types, the most common is just the single family rental. Okay. I don't want people to think like, oh, you got to buy some big deal. It's just a single family rental, like, it could be in the Midwest for under 100 grand. It could be in, you know, the South for those price points. I know those in California don't believe that, you know, because the single family rental in California goes for like a million right now. But, um, but, you know, that's what we're talking about here. So, and the other thing I was to say on the option or wholesaling, that's very common too. I mean, uh, we see that from a single family rental, get a co- contract getting wholesaled or an option on it. And they maybe make five or 10 grand. I've seen it with a client on a commercial property last month. That was a one to $2 million property. They wholesaled the contract essentially for over a hundred grand. Um, I've seen, I mean, we've seen million dollar ones on real estate development deals too. So, um, those are all legit strategies you can do with the retirement account. So it's, it's buying the rental. It's, it's doing a flip even, you know, which we can, I want, we will need to talk about here in a moment too, but all these different things that are real estate investment, not for personal use are all uh, real estate deals you can do with your IRA. I love it. I love it. Well, what all right, now you fact- asked about,
1: oh. you asked about partners. No, I said, can you like? I we all know that you can partner with others or others' retirement accounts. But if I want to throw my hat in the ring, can I be a partner on a real estate acquisition? Say I'm short; I need eighty grand to close. I've only got fifty grand. Um, Can I personally put in the other thirty?
0: Yes, but you have to be very careful. This is what I tell clients that want to start, especially if you're new to self-directing. I don't love the concept because. It's clunky. It's possible, but I want everyone to know this up front. It's clunky. And you're going to have a lot of questions where you're going to say, well, why can't I? And I'm going to be telling you a lot of no's. No, 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 no. Okay. Now here's what's possible. Okay. Now I got that out of the way. (laughs) The easy answer. Let me give you what I would say. Like if you were buying the 80,000 property, you got 50 grand. I'd say go get a non-recourse loan for the other 30. Don't put in your own personal money for 30. It's actually more complicated. It's easier to get a loan than to get 30 grand of personal money. Here's why the only way you're going to be able to partner, there's really, there's two ways, but the general, what we're going to say is use an LLC, but your IRA put in 50 grand, you're going to put in 30. Now you got the 80 to buy. We're going to break up the ownership on that LLC based on the dollars that came in. This is the general most common way to partner in an LLC with your IRA. Um, but here's the downside have a partnership LLC, it's going to cost more. Our IRA LLCs are 800 bucks. If your IRA owns at hundred percent, if you do a partnership, it's 1500 more complicated. Okay. The second thing is now you got to do a partnership tax return. Mm All right. LLC is going to file a partnership tax return. Now on an $80,000 deal that, you know, that might cost you a thousand bucks a year to get that done, to have an accountant do it. Um, so I don't love it as much there, Now, you could say, Matt, this property is going to be amazing. I don't want to bring in debt. I want to bring in the personal money because I want to make some personal money on it and I want my IRA to make money. Then I get it. Then you're bringing in the money because it's like, ah, I kind of like the concept and some clients do of like, I got some personal money anyway, sitting here on the side doing nothing. Like, I don't mind making some money personally on it and letting my IRA build up too. So I just want to give the caveats there. Now, here's the one thing that, that throws everyone. If you set that LLC up, or you go into a deal with your IRA and your individual funds, and you went in fifty thousand IRA, thirty thousand personal, let's say that's—I don't know what that is. Let's say that's two-thirds IRA, one-third personal funds. I don't know the percentages there. You're always going to be stuck at your IRA owning two-thirds, two-thirds, and you owning one-third. You can't change the percentages. If you need more money. You can't just throw in the money personally to cover it. You can't just have your IRA throw in money to cover it. You've each got to throw in two thirds from your IRA, one third from you personally. Um, so sometimes it gets a little clunky like that.
1: Yeah, no, I great points. And also I'd like to, I think a great option is rather than using your own money, the loan and number three, find someone else to throw in some money. And once yeah. people know that what you're doing, money is easy to find. Uh, because people see what you're doing and they're like, oh my gosh, you're buying real estate, number one. You're not even using your own credit. No. And you're not, and you're using your retirement account. Oh my gosh, where do I sign up? And so mm-hmm. I think if you're forced to use your own money, uh, so be it. But you can. And I like how I I like how Matt just brought up all of the disclaimers of, you know, what the good the bad, the ugly is. And if you go in with your eyes wide open, cool, you know. Um you're off yeah. to the races. Don't do eyes wide shut with Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Just do eyes wide open. Is a lot safer? So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's we don't want to go there. Yeah. A little, um,
0: yeah. A little more for all, all audiences type of way of doing things. Yeah. <laughs> now I
1: I think um, another major point about this real estate stuff is what you're allowed to do once you have the real estate. Now, yes, we've done yeah. our prohibited transaction podcasts. We always encourage you to s- stay up to date on those types of do's and don'ts and the no-no's. But while we're on the real estate topic, Matt, I'll just, is it okay to just mention a couple? of, of
0: Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. yeah um, exactly. I'm going to give you something. I'll just give two or three you can do and two or three you can't. And then, let me, and then Matt can, I'm sure, add to the list as well on both sides of the, the veil. So we've got, I can uh, paycheck write checks. I can do the books. And I the could, LLC, when you. Have the LLC. Yeah. yeah, I could write checks from the LLC checkbook. I could um, do the QuickBooks to make sure and analyze how the profit is going for the property. And number three, I could call my property manager once a week and dictate orders and just check on things and see how things are going. But what I can't do is, Oh, they're working on the roof today. I'm going to go throw on a tool belt and go help out because it'll save a few bucks and thereby, save your IRA money. In effect, you're contributing to your IRA when you do work to help your IRA, which is not allowed. So you can't go in and throw in physical labor. Um, you can't go stay in it. If it's an Airbnb, you can't use it personally and you can't throw your kid in there that might want to go to college, go buy another rental property in the same town and let for your grandma or your mom or, and, and your kid going to college, but don't let your IRA property participate in any family use. Um, what, what are some on yeah. the left side, right side, you'd say yes and no's?
0: Yeah, things you can do. I mean, let's say it's a, it's a fix and flip. You can go to the property, see what's going on, or even just, you know, it's a property you're having going to hold. You can push, you know, tell people what to do, make sure they're doing the work. But like Mark said, you can't be putting on the tool belt. You can't be performing the labor. So like management and administrative tasks and oversight are okay. That's a good way to think about it. Just think of it generically. I'm okay to make management decisions, oversee things, administer paperwork, make sure stuff's happening, but I can't provide physical services and labor. Once I do that, I'm crossing the line of where it can cause the private transaction. And I, the other can thing I, I know, let's- Yeah, you yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I say with the rental, same thing. I can, let's say I could even show it, okay? I can write up the lease. I can collect the payments. I can and pay the bills. You know, I can call the the um, tenant if they don't pay. All right, that's okay because it's management and administrative tasks. I'm not putting in physical labor in, into the property.
1: Do you think? And I was just going to ask that, Matt. To me, if I and I, Matt and I talk to IRS agents all the time. That's what we do in our profession, and most of them are very reasonable and and they just they're just asking clear this up. You know, so if I had an IRS agent here and say, okay, did John Smith and Mary Smith violate or uh, commit a prohibited transaction with this fix and flip. If I was an agent, I'd say, who's the general contractor? Just show me who it was and how much did you pay him? If you did this fix and flip, who's the general? Because you can't be the general. Being the general, I think, crosses that line. And so if you can, you say, well, I don't want to be, I have, a, I have a general. I want to just hire a bunch of subs. Inevitably, I think we all practically know it's almost impossible to not get dirty without having a general out on the site making it happen. And I was going to ask you that, Matt, on the property management, if it's a rental, if I was an IRS agent, I'd say, okay, cool. Who's your property manager? You go, well, I don't have one. Well, there's got to be a property manager because someone's going to get dirty managing this thing. And they go, well, I just do it all. Well, I think that's where you start having to really explain yourself. Um, You may have a handyman service that takes care of things, but, but Matt, you're saying you don't have to have a property manager. You're okay but you better be able to show that you're. There's a handyman on call. There's a plumber on call. There's an electrician on call, and you're just delegating those yeah. services.
0: Okay, that's good. Right. I don't think you need. I don't. I would disagree on a couple of those points. I don't think you need the property manager for a rental, um, mm-hmm. even though I use one myself as a convenience. But I don't uh-huh. have to. If I wanted to self manage it, I could. Like I said, you can show it. You can write up the lease. Um, you can pay the bills and receive the income. I don't see a problem with that. Okay. Um, and if the IRS asks, "Well, who's your property manager?" You just say, "I don't have one. I receive the income. I pay the bills." You know, when there's something that goes wrong, the LLC or IRA pays someone to go fix it. But here's the land. Why property manager?
1: Yeah, here's yeah, the, the landscape's phone money. number. Here's the handyman's yeah. number. Here's the plumber's number. I don't go get. Yeah, no, I've dirt. had
0: tenants too. Just and we've had these that like I've cut deals with a lot of tenants. Like. It's okay. You're doing the landscaping. You know, if something goes wrong on the property, you're going to f- hire someone to fix it and send me the bill if it's under a certain amount, and I'll credit off the rent. You know, there's a lot of things you can be doing to minimize your involvement too. Um, so I don't, I don't think that property management is required. Okay. Um, now you got to be more careful because you, you do run into more situations where you might have to hustle out there to do something, but if you're close to the property. Um, On the fix and flip too, I don't know that you got to have a general contractor either. It depends on the fix and flip. Sometimes you're not doing a lot of, you know, maybe it's only a, you know, some paint and some countertops. And if, you know, it's a few things, I don't need a general for that. I just got this handyman type contractor. And I think what they're going to look at is, did you provide the services? You know, did you provide the physical work and services? Um, and, And that's where the issue is. Now I'll say this, there's zero cases on it. The IRS does not police it. It's hard to find an approved transaction case, and there's just not a lot on it. We've looked for it. But we know if you read the rules literally that services can be a transaction. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not going it to be considered management, administrative oversight, stuff like that. That's why I'm like, if it's paperwork, making decisions, checking on things. I mean, the IRS wants you to manage your account and your investment, right? They want you to track the income and expense. They want you to make sure that the asset doesn't go in the garbage can, you know? but they don't want you to abuse it by like the fix and flip and where it's like, well, my area would have had to pay 50 grand to have the, to, to fix it up. And I just decided to throw on the tool bell and put in that 50,000 of value myself. That's going to be a problem.
1: No, I like it. Um, can I bring up a real estate professional topic? Um, if some of you feel like, um, well, Mark, why don't you just come out of the gate and say what Matt's saying? And why are you posing some of these as questions or hypotheticals? I'll tell you folks, and I'm not kidding. Um, Matt Sorensen is truly the expert on this and his therapist called me and said, he needed a little shot in the arm. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll do it publicly, you know, but, uh, no, Matt has spent hours. I told them hours- not to call you. Hippocratic oath, you know, schmoth, whatever. Um, but, but Matt has spent hours and hours and hours studying this backwards and forwards and became the industry expert on it. And then when we opened our own directed IRA trust company, a lot of the other industry companies were like very, very upset that they lost their little expert to a competitor being Matt himself. <laughs> so you've got the, the best guy in the country on this. And so I do defer to Matt a lot of these questions that he's just in the muck of it every day. And then of course you've heard it on our other show when we're talking, maybe a particular tax return strategy, Matt's going to defer to me. That's what I've done my whole career as a CPA. So yeah. we, you really do get a one, two punch with us. And so I'm just so impressed with Matt, but from the tax side, I want to just bring up real estate professional. If I may, yeah. um, yeah. a lot of people that are buying real estate are in their retirement account are doing it because they buy real estate personally. You know, like Matt said, invest in what you know. So if you're out there buying real estate and all of a sudden you drive by and go, oh my gosh, that's a great deal. I'm strung out personally on three properties right now, but I got XYZ sitting in my retirement account and my mom's and my sisters and my wife's and my kids and my husband's and whatever. Now you see an opportunity. You're already in the real estate business. And so a lot of real estate professionals that are getting the tax deductions and strategies as a real estate professional, start buying real estate in the retirement account because you're investing in what you know. So the common question we get is, can the hours managing my retirement account real estate count towards me as a real estate professional or my spouse in my real estate operation? Because many of our clients have both, two Mm -hmm. buckets, real estate in their own name, real estate in the retirement account. And the answer is no. Hours managing, see, think about this. Are you managing real estate? No, you're managing the investments of your IRA. And that's a distinction that the IRS goes, no, 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 no. If you really want to say you're managing that real estate, then you can't, if you're going to be a real estate professional and count those hours, that's pro, you just committed a prohibited transaction. Well, I don't want to a prohibited transaction. Well, then you can't count the hours. You can't have your cake and eat it too. So yeah. make sure you, you go in with that perspective that I'm keeping a distance, I'm being an administrator, not a real estate professional. So
0: yeah, very common question we get. Um, Let me hit. I want to hit two other kind of nasty topics. They're four letter words. Okay, UBIT, UDFI. (laughs) I thought it was the F word. FICA. Yeah, that's the other. That's the four letter F word. These are the other four letter words that one has an F in it. But um, okay, okay, let me hit these. Let's talk about UDFI first. Okay, unrelated debt financed income. This is actually a variety of the tax called UBIT, which is unrelated to business tax. Okay, UDFI. When we talked about buying real estate and using a loan to leverage it, so I use I buy I use 50 grand from my IRA and I get 100,000 from a non-recourse loan. And I buy a property for 150. Okay. Or let's let me change the example. Okay, let me change it. Okay. Let's say I buy a property right. for a hundred. I'm realize I'm gonna to have to do some math here and I'm not gonna do the <laughs> one third two third <laughs> math. Right. Okay. I'm going to buy a property for a hundred because I can do math on a hundred 40,000 came from my IRA, 60,000. I got a non-recourse loan. All right. Now the IRS looks at this and says, Hey, 40,000, that was the IRA money. We're going to let 40% of profits on this deal go back to the IRA because that was the IRA's money. And you don't have to pay tax on that. But the other 60,000 in this deal, that was not retirement money. That was debt. We're going to assess a tax on profits you make in your IRA from debt. So here, I've, 60% of this deal is debt. So 60% of the money I make on this now property is going to be subject to this UDFI tax. Now, so it still goes to my IRA. I just got to pay a toll to get it back in because it wasn't retirement plan money to begin with. Okay. And when you look at your overall ROI, who cares? You use leverage right. for crying out loud. You didn't have the 60 grand to make money off until you got a loan to leverage. Yeah. And you're only paying tax when you make money. After all the expenses, because you're going to expense everything, including depreciation off of this. Yeah. So um, and it's not the end of the world, but it is something you should know going in.
1: Yeah. And the get out of jail free card, no pun intended in this conversation, uh, is that you can do all the real estate you want with debt in a 401k and not have to pay UDFI. So clients yes. in anticipation of maybe selling a piece of real estate we'll set up a sister company with a 401k and roll the IRA into the 401k and then sell the property. No UDFI. got to wait 12
0: months. You wait 12 months. Yep. 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 Very common. Okay. Can I try to explain? i lots of planning. There's a lot of, there's a lot of strategies to get around that. Let me just say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. UDFI is probably the, of the two, UBIT and UDFI.
0: UDFI is probably the easier one to get around because there's just more options. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's some exceptions and stuff. But not yeah. everyone works at the beginning, but sometimes you can work it in later in your deal. Okay. Can I try you, bit? Can I give it a shot?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, Captain, my captain. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do I have to stand on my desk to do it or can I just do it?
0: Right. It
1: wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Matt would make me do it. All right. I you know, I've gotten a few quotes <laughs> in it. I've got a little dead poets going. Okay. Here's here's the um God, rest in peace. Where did you, ask yourself this. This is the easiest way to understand these two taxes. Why is the IRS imposing UDFI? They're saying, we're pissed that you're making money on debt leveraged by your IRA in a sense, not on the IRA itself. So we're going to just tax that portion of profit you're making on the debt. Okay, fine. Well, what are they pissed about with UBIT? With UBIT, they're saying, You know what? If you want to go invest your IRA in passive types of projects, fine. You go knock yourself out. But if you're going to go compete against every other Joe Blow American out there and start flipping property like other contractors or opening a restaurant or doing landscaping or doing any sort of service business or product sales, you know what? It's not fair. That's not passive. So we're going to tax your profit in a certain way to make the playing field level. So when you take your retirement account, IRA or 401k, less options to get around this. If you're going to go out and compete with other, you know, vanilla, you know, middle of the road taxpayers that own small businesses, we're not going to let you get away tax-free. You got to pay a little tax to level the playing field. That's UBit.
0: What do you think? Barry, just got a big picture. Yep. Is that okay? Yep.
1: yep. That's,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. I always like to say, Retirement accounts are designed to receive investment income, mm. rental income, capital gain income, interest income, dividend income, right? That's all investment income. What retirement accounts are designed to receive. And when you get that income in a retirement account, you don't pay tax. It's awesome. But if you get a business income, unrelated business income tax, like in the real estate world, you're fixing and flipping more than a few properties a year where the IRS can say, Oh, you're in the business. Your IRA's done so many. If you're doing one or two, don't no stress. But if you're doing a bunch, or you're doing a real estate development or a lot of new construction, that's the business of real estate really. And so that's unrelated business income tax applies. So you wanna stay, no, I'm in, I'm in the investment side of real estate. I'm flipping one or two properties a year or wholesaler option deals. I got rentals all day long, do as many of those as you want. I'm lending money, you know, that's all gonna keep you in the investment side outside of this nasty UBIT tax, which is 37%, okay? It's no joke, It's a. it's not like a 5% tax, okay? and our uh,
1: yeah it's hefty and on our agenda in podcast to come we'll have an entire show on ordinary income real estate in a retirement account or active yeah. real estate investment and and just ways to get around it we will you want to start reading on it now before the upcoming podcast look up blocker corporation in matt's book all of you should have the yep. self directed ira handbook and i we also use it on a regular basis just dividing and conquering for example don't just have one entity and do 10 fix and flips maybe you have two or three entities and do each one does two or three now you're flying under the radar you may have different partners in each project so that way you're diversifying Mm -hmm. your risk you're diversifying the structures and not one entity or one retirement account is going to draw attention by being out there as the primary flipper so there's ways to get around and and what
0: but it's, yeah. And we said, when Mark talks about the flips too, like in this kind of, you know, this is a common question we get is, Hey, I'm flipping properties with my IRA. You know, am I going to have to pay you bit? Well, that depends. How many did you do? I did one. Don't worry about it. Hmm. I did five. Worry about it. Okay. <laughs> but the strategy, you know, <laughs> you're in the middle. It depends. You know, one or two, like I said, I'm usually not worried. Three or four gray area, five or more. Worry about it. Um, But the strategy of like an LLC, like you can have an LLC, but like, let's say some clients say, well, I'll set up 10 LLCs on the exact same IRA and I'll just do two flips in each LLC. Now I can do 20, right? No. So what Mark's talking about is like, you can have separate accounts. Let's say your solo K is doing a flip. Your Roth IRA Mm -hmm. is doing a flip. Your HSA is doing a flip. Your spouse's account does a flip, you know, and I've got lots of clients that do that. And because those separate accounts are technically separate taxpayers when you do have UBIT. So they get yeah. their own separate. And uh, how many flips did you do? If it's your one IRA um, or even your one solo K, and it's just you, not a spouse's account, that's doing all these flips, mm, you, them Hound many LLCs you set up, you're doing one or two before you got to start thinking about it. Well, so
1: here's kind of my wrap up statement, Matt, if I, if I may be so bold, and then I'll let you you know, take us home with any other sage wisdom. Yeah. Here's my take. If you want to do real estate in your retirement account, it's not a risky tax strategy. It's not. People have been doing it for years and years and years, but it can't be a risky investment strategy. And understand the difference? See, it's not a risky tax strategy. The IRS is going to come after you, but it can be a risky investment strategy if you don't know what you're doing. So what I recommend, and that doesn't mean just knowing how to fix, uh, fix up real estate. You may watch Chip and Joanna do it all day long and that's great, but are you also taking the time to read the self-directed IRA handbook? Are you going to the summit and li- watching last year's summit, a couple hundred bucks, you can buy it right now, the recording and start watching tonight. Watch it this weekend. So you've got to be the captain of your ship. It is not uncommon that many of our real estate investors that are self-directing, they know far more than the professionals they used to work with. Because they don't want yeah. to learn it. They don't have enough clients to learn it. They don't They don't want to learn it because you're the one client out of a thousand clients that's doing it. And they're like, pay me to learn it. And you're like, no. So you got to do it yourself and you're going to probably upgrade. So this is a little self-serving uh, um, statement here. Mm-hmm. Please schedule your first hour. Schedule an hour with the tax lawyer here. And that hour may be included in the setup of the entity anyway. Or you just get an hour of, here's my plan here's my life. Here's what I'm going to do. Use those resources to study the book, buy the summit, learn what you're doing in real estate. It's a yin and yang. You can't just learn how to be a good real estate investor and throw the tax rules out the window and vice versa. You may understand the tax rules and be a complete idiot when it
0: comes to choosing how to remodel a kitchen. So yeah. learn both. And, and, be and every, Everybody comes at this from a different angle. You could be like, they, Mark, I'm crushing it in real estate. I know what I'm doing. That's why I want to use my IRA. I already know what I'm doing. I already know I can kill the market. That I'm, I'm more strategic. I got a competitive advantage. I'm, you know, whatever it is, whatever your reason is. And so it's like you just got to learn the IRA stuff, right? And and that's, I mean, we got you all day long. On the other hand, if you're like, I don't even know real estate. I don't. I've never even used an IRA before. Like you're starting from scratch. And just like Mark said, take the time. Get the right professionals, get educated. There's going to be a learning curve and know that and don't go all in. Maybe just buy one property. You know, if you got a $500,000 retirement account this has been my mutual funds, maybe just buy your first rental or do your first deal, get, you know, get it under your belt first um, and just take a, take a more measured approach for it. But self-directing, like I, I tell clients, is not complicated. It's just a new thing. You just got to learn it. I will use my board game example. It's like playing a board game for the first time. You just got to learn it. Then you get the process down and it's the same thing over and over again. And one last piece of
1: of wisdom, one last piece of wisdom, board game example after Thanksgiving dinner, do not play risk. Do not play monopoly. Tears will be Mm -hmm. shed. Family will not come later to Christmas. Just stay away from the board game. Do something where no one gets their country taken over by another, or they get, they lose because they landed on someone's hotel. It's just, it's just not fun. I tried this three months ago, Matt. I said, one of my kids for their class had to play Monopoly. They're in a financial class. I was like, that's great. Let's play Monopoly. I'm a little competitive. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't let my kids win. I just couldn't. And so I'm like, you know, (laughs) like an hour and a half in and I've got houses and hotels and my teenage daughter's like, this sucks. And throws, you know, throws crap and leaves the room. The other one like, dad, why do you always have to win?" I'm like, that didn't go well <laughs> so, wow. so I'm just a, I'm just, I, I tried to let him win Matt. you know I set it up for him yeah. I was trading properties I like I'll give you St. James place for you know like Baltic Avenue Baltic. I mean I'll just I, I was like Baltic's worth nothing I'll give you St. James and and
0: I don't know but just be careful these holidays yeah, i know you probably like own ocean avenue and you're ready to put hotels up over there yeah, i know that's what that's you're right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um,
1: you know they it, sometimes it's good for them to learn the hard way.
0: but yeah i'll I, say this i just want to give a last couple resources um and this this you know maybe place a monopoly or i love risk i do love risk um, oh that's, that's even worse
1: right yeah because
0: then you yeah, team that, up that, The problem with risk, that takes like three hours, you know, you have to yeah, dedicate yeah. a period of time. Yeah. Um, here's just a few other resources. You go to directedira.com to our real estate page, we have a real estate guide. It's our quick start guide on real estate. Okay, it's like six or seven pages. It's got some diagrams, some summaries of the most important things to know. At least start there and also use that with other people or even professionals. If you run into someone that's helping you, it's like, I don't know this, but this is maybe your accountant you've loved and used for years, or your attorney, like get them some of these resources. You want to do the deep dive get my book frankly if you're going to spend over 100 grand on your retirement account self-directing it you should buy a 20 dollar book about how to do it okay Amazon <laughs> um, for my site <laughs> and it's a good book i promise you it's not crap okay it's, it's yeah it's it's amazing to it's me that people will spend hours
1: and hours watching fixer upper shows or or spend money at a workshop on for thousands of dollars or they'll they'll be on a yeah. hours just studying a stock they're going to buy, but heaven forbid they just go to a, a workshop online that you can watch at your convenience recorded on how to tap into the number, the biggest pot of gold, the biggest bank of money in America is in retirement accounts. Figure it out. It, what's the number now, Matt, how much money in retirement accounts?
0: 30 trillion. 30 trillion, yeah, that's a T there, folks. Um, okay, well, um, I think that was just my last tip. It's just fine, there's good resources out there, but we have them. One thing about self directed IRAs is when you Google around on there, you got to be careful what you're reading and relying on. Make sure they're professionals and know what they're talking about, not just some guru that's paid for clicks on, on uh, Google. Um, and then we're going to do we're going to have some other assets coming up. We're going to be doing some note investing, investing in private companies. We'll be talking about crypto and all these other assets as we go through the podcast too. Um, Some of the tax traps that we talked about, we'll go in more depth and some of the planning strategies um, that Mark and I both mentioned. So cows, um, cows, cows. Oh yeah. You can, how you can buy cows. What What is it? A what of cows. I'm going to buy a
1: pair, a pair, a pair. That's a mom and a heifer. I've, I've already talked to my rancher. Uh, and he almost yeah. does look like Kevin Costner from Yellowstone. And really? so okay. I even, yeah, I bought a cowboy hat just for this purpose. Um, okay. So my Roth, my Roth IRA is, is going
0: to buy. You don't want to get taken advantage of. Like you don't want to look like some city slicker up there. So you've got bought a cowboy hat. Oh yeah, that's there right. And negotiate. So you kind of yeah. look the part, you know? Yeah, I got to look the
1: part or my I'm going to get schooled. Yeah, So I, I got a hat. <laughs> my Roth IRA is going to go buy three pairs. And they're going to go to pasture this next year. And we're going to sell off their, those little heifers. And mom's going to get pregnant. So I'll have a pregnant mom in the fall or sometime. I don't know. But here's the point. We are going to keep you posted on the the, the profit of my three yeah. pair. Three pair this year. I And I am trying to get into country. Last night, I'd about lost it. There was, I, you know, we were in the garage. We had a, a vehicle up on blocks. I mean, this is all new for me. I had this, this kid over, yeah. like, and I, I was like getting my hands greasy it was so exciting and we were working in the garage and we were playing country music and a song came on and I said I've got to draw the line it was <laughs> <laughs> song was I'm living in Mexico living on refried dreams,
0: <laughs> re-fried, <laughs> <I'm> like, dreams. <laughs> refried dreams
1: dreams. Oh that is and I go, terrible did i just hear that right on the radio i'm living in mexico living on refried dreams you know whatever and i'm like oh my gosh that was the worst lyrics ever but uh oh i don't know you got to do what you got to do it just it, it's relaxing yeah it dumbs me down yeah I really, did i just say that was my that was that my in, inside voice Relax. okay well yeah, that can, um yeah another great episode thanks to matt Sorensen, the leader of directed ira people move your accounts get your crap together (laughs) self-direct on buy something you know it doesn't have to be cows whatever you
0: want yeah yeah take control of your retirement baby thanks everybody